I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show. Uh, I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Joined as always by fellow co-host, Joshua Hart. Joshua, you're looking very, um, I'm telling you, man, the beard looks very luscious. Your living room looks very mooding, uh, brooding. Um, how you doing? Um, you know, I think my living room matches the last couple weeks with Raptors fans. It's been it's been dark with uh, uh, rare moments of delight. But, you know, it is what it is. You do what you can. Uh, you take the good, you take the bad, and then you have the facts of life. How are you doing? How's, how's uh, life been treating you? Uh, life's been fine. I mean, the Raptors play every night, so I'm working every night, um, which is you Seriously. know never going to complain about covering this this team. Um, but uh, yeah, not a lot of fun stuff, really. I mean, look, you know, we we did have a nice win against the Cavs. We did have uh, Gary Trent Jr. going off for 44 points, and then we had Pascal return in the next game. And yeah, I'm expecting a lot of people to pile on Pascal I mean to be honest you know I, I I totally get it like I totally totally get it and it's fine um I think last night on the on the podcast I called him roll off the rim to lose it's uh <laughs> it's a new Tim Hortons commercial um with Pascal yeah. on it he just rolls it up and instead of uh winner gang non it's uh whatever French is for losing but um yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. What do you make of this Pascal thing? But by the way, people, you can call in to the show. You can see the number below. Our number is 866-219-2758. You can call into the show, and our producers will try to pass you through. Um, but, Josh, before we get started, I'm sure we're, we're going to hit this hot topic. What is wrong with Pascal and crunch time? Please let me know. <laughs> Please, you know, I don't – I mean – I, I think if he uh, chokeslammed Nick Nurse at halftime, we would not have had the same case. <laughs> it's just, you know, a brain fart. It's been unfortunate that uh. he's had so many, like, just, you know, less than uh, redeeming moments this season. But, I, you know, Pascal's still the guy who hit the uh, series ceiling shot over Draymond Green. He's at moments looked every bit that guy this season. But if there's a guy who is going to refer to this season as fake more than anyone else in the Raptors organization, I think it's going to be Pascal. That he will be looking back at the 2020-2021 season as just a fake season that uh, practically didn't exist. But I don't know. Like, do you have an explanation just except for bad luck? The three po- his his shot has gone his has tanked. That's yeah. the only very clear thing that's happened with Pascal this season. Um. But everything else looks like it's there. I don't know. It, do you think that Pascal Siakam is beyond the point of like good-looking footage from Rico Hines this summer will won't turn it around? Yeah, I thought he I thought he passed that point last year. Um, you know when he put out that uh, Red Bull series, which I don't even think has been fully released. This will come out in three parts. I think we only saw part one and two. But um, yeah, I mean I, I think people just expect to see like, actual consistent production from him. And I think on the whole, it's been pretty good. Like, I think you really can't argue with 20 points, like, eight rebounds, like, five assists. Like, you know, those are fine. But as you mentioned, the shooting has really dropped off for him to the point where teams are going under on screens. He's not really hitting them. He's reduced his own attempts because he's not confident in the jumper. And that sucks because it seemed like he was putting a lot of work in his jump shot and it was, like, steady progression. And how he was improving. And then, yeah, this past season, it's just been completely out the window for him. Um, and then the crunch time stuff. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I know people are like, oh, he shouldn't be the number one option. Like, you shouldn't, like, you know, trust him to go. You should go somewhere else with the ball. Like, it's not working. Like, if you watched the game yesterday, it was a fast break. Kyle Lowry kicked it yeah. to the man. In, he pushed the ball up to the guy in the middle of the floor for the fast break. If you can't trust the man to run a fast break, that's not like, oh, yeah, we're going to just go to Pascal as the game-winning option. Like, that's just a basketball play. That's the right basketball play. And Pascal is someone who runs like 10 fast breaks a game. And he just screwed that yeah. one up. 
And I'm not even making an excuse. What I'm saying is, like, it, that wasn't a case of Raptors are force-feeding Pascal uh, with the game on the line or anything like that. That's just a basketball play. And he, and he, made, a, he made a very elementary mistake. But I don't know how much you can get but, on the guy yeah. specifically. Well, not, I don't know how much you get on the, the actual, like, process of the team. I think probably in previous games, you know, they could have run different plays. Um, you know, in terms of, like, there was a lot of ISO for Pascal to attack. With the game on the line, like I don't, feel, I don't really feel like that's really gonna work all that well. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I, I'm not even trying to make excuses for him. I just think that like the game yesterday, he, it, it was the right basketball play. They just made a mistake. And if he scored, yeah. then we probably will be like, wow, Pascal really recovered after his really terrible first half, and he had that, you know, turnaround. Um, no, he, he drove to the rim, and there was that goaltending call to, to put them within two. And then if he either kicked it out for three or took it in for the layup. Um, and tie the game or, or you know, uh, put the Raptors on top with the assist, then we'd be singing his praises. But he made a very crucial yeah. mistake, man. As Kyle said, it, it happens. And I think at this point, I'm just kind of laughing at it. But, you know, what can you really do, man? Well, we have our first uh, caller of the show, hopefully to defend Pascal Siakam's honor. We have Cashin on the line. Cashin, welcome to the show. You're on with me and Will. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm doing all right. You hey, know, can you hear me? It's been gray in Toronto for two days, but uh, oh. we press on. Yeah, that's right. Well, I just wanted to bring some positivity uh, because, you know what, I feel really great about this Pascal season. And I don't say that sarcastically. You think after last night, my Raptors Twitter reacted that it would be, but no. I just wanted to quickly refresh everyone. Pascal, in what many described as a down season, He's averaging 20.7 rebounds and four and a half assists per game. How many, I, I had to look this up. How many Raptors in franchise history have those numbers? Do you guys know? Um, I can look it At up, but 20. I mean. 20.7 rebounds, four and a half. It's probably Kawhi. No, even Kawhi didn't do it? All right. I'll double check. But my point is, in a down season, yeah. Where he's not really thriving. Yeah, Kawhi, uh, let's see. I don't think Kawhi yeah, got Kawhi the assist. Kawhi was an assist short. An assist short. Yeah, yeah. Assist yeah Kawhi didn't get the assist. Kawhi never passed the he ball. He came so. <laughs> Kawhi. <laughs> so my, what I wanted to say is we have a guy who's in year five, his age 26 season, who is doing things that no other player in franchise history have ever done. And I think his greatest curse for this fan base was he achieved success so young and so unexpectedly. I think if he had the Kyle Lowry narrative of coming here unheralded, we look at what Kyle Lowry's age 26 season was. It was his first season here. He averaged 11 points a game coming off the bench for Jose Calderon. If because we're just telling the story in reverse where he has great success and having some, you know, understandably rocky moments this year, it's a little, you know, disappointing that the fans have, for me, I'll put it this way. I was a little bit more fickle when it came to Kyle and DeMar over the years, uh, you know, one bad game. So was just the right core. And after the championship, it doesn't make sense. Why are we throwing the baby out with the bathwater every time there's a mistake and having a referendum? So I just think, you know, I wanted to also mention where Pascal's going to stand. If he finishes his contract with the Raptors, which I certainly hope he does. If he just averages those numbers, 20.7 rebounds, four and a half assists for the rest of this contract. He'll be top five in points, rebounds, and assists in franchise history. It'll be him and Kyle alone, top five in those three categories. I just don't think people appreciate that. He, he's, on, he's on track to be in contention for the greatest Raptor of all time. And I think when it's all said and done, he will get there. I'm a, a Pascal believer, a Pascal optimist. You know, maybe it's a too much hoops, Brad, and me alone on this island right now. And a few others, but just wanted to get your thoughts on where you know maybe just some Pascal positivity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't even have to look that far. Here's the thing with, I mean, okay, so there's a couple of things, but we don't even have to look that far into the future. I mean, the last four games for Pascal, he's averaged 28 points per game, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, a yep. block, shooting 52 percent from the field, like. You don't even have to have that long of a memory. Like it just—it literally just happened. Um, but I think what it is is I think what no, part of the nature of fandom is that people like root for these causes and, and like pick certain players and sort of like uh, almost like 
use their success as part of like their identity like that's part of like a lot of fandom especially when you're publicly a fan on twitter and things like that and so when you like publicly champion a guy like pascal when he falls comes up short there's like this like dissonance of like you feel extra disappointed because you really championed this guy and he's let you down in in this spot and other spots and i think for a lot of people they're just sort of like they're tired of sort of having that egg on their face, which is a bit of a shorthand, like short-sighted view of things, because you basically need to be on top at all times. And mm-hmm. No athletes like that. Like you can, like Lionel Messi and like Le- like LeBron is not like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, of course, I'm not trying to compare like those three guys, but no, I think objectively Pascal has obviously been a really, really good player, and I don't think anyone has any complaints. I don't, I don't know if, like, as a number one option, his current skill set is, like, always there to, like, give him the ball and let him create all the time. But he's growing. And realistically, I mean, you know, I don't think anyone else on this team has the potential to do what Pascal does, especially at yeah. this moment. And, you know, you're mm-hmm. kind of just riding with it. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. bit of a lost season anyway. And uh, Pascal's been up and down. The, the one mm-hmm. thing is I just wish his baseline was a little bit higher because you saw games like yesterday – it hasn't been that uncommon where he shoots like five of eighteen mm-hmm. with five turnovers and six fouls. Like that's unacceptable as an you know as as any starting player really. But the, the turnovers are pretty rare though. Like I, it is that's if true. You look at like yeah. turnover percentage. He's he, and I just recall I remember the start of last last season. You know he had that game against the Pelicans to start the season. I think he had like five or six turnovers or something. And the, the 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 big hammer on him was oh he can't turn the ball over as the lead guy. Mm-hmm. Four he I think four or five games in the season he had turnover problem. After that it went away. He's had career low for turnovers, uh, and for turnover percentage it's the lowest of his entire career. And that's at a guy who's the, one of the lead facilitators night night out. And I I just think I, I my message and I I'll leave you guys be because I've been rattling on about Pascal on Twitter and here for a little while now, um, is. Let's let's look not just let's just look at what Kyle and the journey and the, appreciate that because I think what made that championship so sweet was the fact it was with one of our guys who went through the ups and downs with us, right? Mm-hmm. A guy who you know had zero points in the very first game of that playoffs, and it would have been so easy to just throw in the towel on him. It was with Fred, who people were calling the bench for Jeremy Lin, you know, right before he went on that hot streak. So. I just think it's there's so much more reward in sticking it out with the guys who have brought us so much joy, and just yeah. thinking strictly as a fan. And I'm so appreciative that the you know reply guys and the Raptors mentions aren't running the team because they would trade the whole roster every other week. But um, yeah, leave it. I just wanted to thank you guys for you know bringing a light of positivity <laughs> about about Pascal because I think. You know, with, uh, he's one of the most easy to root for players we've ever had in this uh, franchise's history. So, really, uh, feel a need to try to balance out the the narrative a little bit because I just read the timeline and it feels like I see people wanting to trade him for a bag of chips when really he's one of the rarest talents you'll find in the league. But anywho, Absolutely. thanks so much for the time. Thanks for calling in, Cash. Yeah, appreciate cheers. it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. I, well, I, the thing I'm thinking about while Cashman was on the line, do you think that Pascal Siakam will ever have the kind of reputation and goodwill of the Raptors fan base that guys like Kyle, DeMar, even JV? Like, I guess J, Pascal's passed JV, but can he pass DeMar? Like, I think mm-hmm. the thing that you get with DeMar and Kyle is that they ushered in the first sustained era of Raptors winning ever. Pascal, the very best he can do is extend it longer um and maybe bring them to different heights of an organization but that even that seems unlikely like kyle lowry and demar Derozan turned this franchise around like they they've now made the raptors maybe not in a sustained way but for a time you know a team that you could reliably see on tnt and like like playing national broadcast games against real playoff teams um it seemed it seemed like the Raptors organization had, had taken this big step forward in the past year, and I think associated often to Pascal Siakam's struggles, has taken a step back. That um, they've fallen off of the like national broadcast schedule. We've we've seen, you know, the fan base become less enthralled. How does Pascal Siakam sustain the sort of celebrity and like fandom around the team in a way that Kyle and Demar's bromance? did for so many years 
Um, I mean, just to keep it short, like I think as Raptor fans, we kind of like lionize people after they leave. Kyle's the only guy you see celebrated in totality, and maybe that's because he's sort of been through the fire and come through it all. Um, but no, we 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 celebrate people way more when they leave after they leave than uh, when they were, when they're here. Though. Like not Chris Bosh, he's very forgettable, <laughs> but. Um, like JV, it's, it's happening yeah. literally in real time with Norman Powell. It's happened with DeMar DeRozan. Because listen, man, all these conversations happen about Pascal. We had these exact same conversations about Pascal and DeMar. And now, you know, now Drake says, uh, you know, and I said he loved me like I'm DeMar DeRozan. Please, trust me, there were, there were <laughs> plenty of not DeMar DeRozan love. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not even afraid to admit that I was in those conversations. So let's Spring go to our next 2017, call. it was terrible. <laughs> oh, man, that was terrible, bro. When he was offering 100 bucks, that was that was, that was was tough. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to bring in Frazier from Toronto. He wants to talk about the center position. More positivity, man. Come on. <laughs> Frazier, what do you think of our new centers? Uh, big fan. Big, big fan. Um, I'm just happy to watch someone who can catch a basketball, you know? Yes. And yes, also, we deserve this. Well, <laughs> well shout out to Liverpool, man. First win at Anfield since before the fan base turned on Aaron Bain. Uh, I mean, um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that, that's nasty. <laughs> big moment. Um, and also wanted to shout out to Marta Rosen, uh, big game winner yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Can't wait to see his number 10 race to the Raptors. And the other two players in franchise history born number 10, Milt Palacio and Uro Slokar. Who is a name that's come up as I've tried to keep myself sane this winter, just going through the graveyard of Raptors centers. Mm. You know, like Fremont Brezic, Greg mm-hmm. Steensma, Aaron Gray, yep. those guys bring something to the team. Can can Patrick O'Brien okay. show everyone why he was drafted ninth overall? You know, the notorious DOB in twenty four spots as Kyle Lowry. I'm just wondering who is like the worst center that you guys have just like been convinced yes this person upgrades the team this year the worst center uh it's probably not patrick o'brien that I mean, honestly that guy had the most irish name for someone who wasn't irish man um <laughs> anyway uh man the worst raptor center it might have to be like tyler hansborough like i really thought tyler hansborough if you brought him from 2014 and replaced aaron baines like i know tyler can get on the glass and he'll also shoot fifty percent on layups, like, but that, it probably would be Tyler for me. But there's lots to pick from. Like, like Josh, are, are you ready? Like, would Chris you... Humphreys would have been like Chris Humphreys, two thousand six, seven, eight era. He was like a ten and ten. That would have been, that would have been tough. I would have, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Chris Humphreys probably would have been an improvement over some of the centers we had this season. But um, we have Ken Birch. Shout out Ken Russell Ontario. Stand up. Yeah, by the way, Ken Birch, Nobody did you hear his knows. interview um, uh, with the media? Like, oh, before? where he's talking about his dad driving back from Ottawa after, like, middle of the night to go to games with his kids? That's unbelievable, bro. That's how you know he's a real fan. Like, he, that he's, like, a real, real fan because, you know, he, him and his dad were driving, like, seven hours to go see some really terrible basketball. Because if there were kids, like, it would, he would have been driving to see Chris Humphreys, exactly, or Mill Palacio, quite honestly. Uh, what Michael Stewart? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, they, they definitely sat in the Sprite Zone for for ten dollars. So shout out Kim Birch. Yeah, th- those were the days. Frazier, what are your what are your thoughts on Kim Birch or or even Freddie Gillespie? Man, I feel like these guys are not bad. Call dropped. Oh, the call. No, never mind. Frazier's gone. Well, Josh, I'll ask you the same question. Okay. What What are your thoughts early on uh, after one game um, of Kim and uh, you know? Yeah, like it, it, it is kind of clear that Kim Birch isn't like extraordinarily skilled, but it's, I like his energy. I like the, his first shift I thought was um, a little shaky. He looked fine by the second one. I think he'll figure out the defense. I'm I'm curious to know how effective those guys can be in, as communicators at the, on the backside of the defense. Cause that's a place the Raptors club has missed, but it's just nice to have a different look. Like, I don't know. There's just, you have more patience for a guy who's not clearly at the end of their NBA career uh, kind of sewering your season than a guy who's in the middle of their career maybe sewering your season. 
Yeah, well, listen, uh, change was welcome. And, you know, I, honestly, I, I do think that both centers are probably superior options. And that's just kind of where Aaron is. I think at this point this season with this team, he seems mad frustrated too. Every time he comes, checks into the game, he looks pissed off. <laughs> he just knows, man. He's like, in the back of his mind, he's like, oh, man, Twitter's flaming me right now. <laughs> but Well, I do wonder, like, is there, does he have, like, a, a, a move after this one? Like, is Aaron Baines I don't know, playing man. next year? Perth, 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 Australia. You know, Wallora. Yeah, him and uh, I'm sure what's his face used to play for the Warriors. Now plays in Sydney. Uh, Andrew. Oh, but Andrew is Bogan? he is he done? He's got to be. He's like he's yeah, he, he's old. moving on to his next career as a as a right wing talk host. Anyway, okay. um, we're gonna take That's a quick break <laughs> right here, and uh, we're gonna come back. All right, Josh, we're back, um, and we're going to take more calls. So um, you can dial in on the number you see above. Um, in the meantime, Josh, have you ever scrolled through the live chat? Because the live chat is popping right now. People are mad about this Pascal topic. Um, <laughs> too positive about Pascal or too negative about Pascal? Oh, they're, they're, it's, it's negativity. Um, which, really? I mean, like, okay, serious thing. So it, it seems like closing games is the main thing, right? So, like... Is there a different option to close games? Like maybe, okay, so ISO Pascal in the post isn't the way to close a game. So what would you, like game on the line, Raptors are down two, fate of the universe, you know, Martian's got the death beam pointed at Earth. You got one shot, you got to hit it. Which who's, which player are you making take that shot? I miss, don't you miss a Kyle Lowry above the break three to win the game, to, for game winners? I miss that shot. I feel like it hasn't uh, happened in, Months and months and months, but uh, I don't know. Gary Trent Jr. seems like a, a offensive, a potent offensive weapon. I I do I do think that, and we talked about it a lot last year. Like the Raptors don't have a go-to guy in the clutch that same way that other organizations build their team around, and we should try to see a complement of players um, do that. Like we should have. OG taking game-winning shots. We should see Pascal taking game-winning shots. We should see Gary Trent. We should see Kyle Lowry doing his weird um, above the break three to win the game. I don't you miss that shot? It was it was like a Dwayne Casey special. Yeah, well, it was either him taking the jumper or Demar taking the jumper, uh, and and maybe JV go get the offensive rebound. But you know, listen, we're 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 always more nostalgic about the time after it's over. So <laughs> let's go to our next caller. We got Vin Baker from Alberta. Uh, Great name. What's going on? Yo, can you get me? Yeah, what's yeah. up? Yo, Vin from Alberta's back. Vin Baker in the house, man. I've been trying to reach you guys, but I hope you guys are doing good, man. What's um, good? You know, usually, I, usually I would come in and make fun of Will Lou's head size, but well, things are kind of dire, so I'm going to stay away from that. Um, <laughs> yo, um, guys, I want to talk about kind of the raps going forward. I know there's this whole tank. Everybody's talking about the tank stuff and should we make the play in and all of that. Um, you know, we could argue about that all day, but to be honest, guys, the team is what it is. They're just not very good. So we could be upset about, you know, the Raptors are tanking and they're not going to make the playoffs and blah, 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 whatever. But at the end of the day, man, I just think, you know, the team's going to land where it's going to land. Mm. I would I do agree that it's a lot better for the team to get a high draft pick. I just think that the idea that we could, you know, make the play in or whatever, you know, get smacked by the nets and then we just come back next year and then all we gotta do is get a good center and the team is good again. I think the team's problems are a little deeper than that when you look at just kind of the overall depth on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh typically in years past from since 2014, the Raps have had injuries like every season, but they would never suck in the regular season because we had excellent depth. Like the, I would say from seven to like the 13th spot on the roster, we're pretty talented dudes, either developing or that could step in and fill in and play right away. Whereas right now, we literally don't have NBA players at those spots. It's going to take time to develop that because if we have, if the model is to just have a kind of an average team going forward or you know above slightly above average and then we wait for a star to demand a trade and then do the Kawhi thing over again 
this time it's going to be different because we don't have we're basically going to trade the quote unquote core to get the star guy and then we have nothing to surround him with it's totally different from the Kawhi situation so I like uh, I'm kind of on the tank side I do like that we traded for uh, Ben Uzo I mean Gary Trent like oh, he's wow. been playing really well uh, <laughs> wow but uh, <laughs> wow yeah I have to do that okay. come on bro this is the one this is the one guy bringing good things to the team right now how dare you <laughs> Ben Uzo. Yo, man, he's been, uh, I, I can't lie. I was like, I, I was super hyped. When, I was kind of happy when he hit the game winner against the Wizards. And then I looked at the standings and I was like, damn, that, that's some Ben Uzo. That's a Ben Uzo shot. <laughs> All right, you're, <laughs> right, you're right. You're right. All right. Okay, okay. On, on that front, I hear you. On all the other fronts, that's disrespect. Come on, man. Come on. You could, yeah. No, no, no. He's been great. He's actually been our best offensive player since he's been here. And I am actually think he could be a really like good piece on a on the team moving forward. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited about him and OG. Yeah. But um like on the wings. Um but my yeah, I think the roster construction beyond that because I, I actually think Lowry's walking. So yeah, I, I do too, a little sure, concerned yeah. about yeah. um like I, I know we were happy. Everybody it's kind of emotional. He's our like he's the he's like the franchise icon and all of that, but He's going to walk in the summer. The guy's too competitive. I mm. think he knows kind of the potential of the team better than anybody. He's too smart. I really think he's going to walk unless, you know, we just give him a great kind of Kobe-style end-of-career contract, which is kind of difficult because he's yep. at the age where any season now he can just drop oh. and he's going to be washed. Like, he's yeah. at that age now. It's just kind of fact. So, like, I love Cobb. I think he's going to walk and then, you know, I think that'll kind of be a reality check for the team going forward. But what do you guys think? I just kind of said a bunch of nonsense, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I'll go first. I, while the team on the court hasn't been really fun to watch, I I am really excited for what this offseason presents to the Raptors organization. Like, they have the opportunity to retain the best executive in the NBA, if not, you know, Major League Sports overall. Um, they have cap space for a total like transformation and will perhaps have a top 10 lottery pick like it's and the opportunity to return to their home fan base after a year spent in Tampa Bay like I think all I think next September October November can be a really exciting time and that to me is a prior of the organization um, how do we transform this team with the moves that need to be made to deliver that ahead of them and i don't know i was talking to like will and to like other people who cover the team like are you guys excited for the opportunity of what happens this next season because you have you have definitely four five pieces that you keep around like malachi's great uh gary trent pascal og fred you have five guys who make a pretty decent team um you have the you have a bunch of money, you have the opportunity to retain this great executive, and you have a fan base and a community that's really excited to be back in the arena. How do you execute there? Yeah. And those are all exciting questions to ask, more exciting questions to me than how do we get Utah Watanabe and Stanley Johnson to like not Bro, stink it up on, on the court. <laughs> why, why are you putting Utah in that group? Why? Yeah, man. Come on, man. You two just well, had a career high solid, 14 but... points, man. Yeah. Career yeah. high, 14. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I actually yeah, think on. he's going to be on the squad next year. But like, me too. Are, are you, I guess Will and, and Vin, like, are you guys excited for what happens this offseason more than anything that happens between now and May 16th or whenever the season ends? I mean, I'm oh, excited. Yeah, I'm excited for change. I mean, you, Will, I mean, you go first. Yeah, I'm excited for change. That's the thing. Like, I mean, as a, in the media perspective, I think it's more interesting for to, to cover change and. Um, I think it will be a pretty active summer in terms of like what moves get get made. I'm not totally sure if you bring in a center and like this whole thing is magically fixed. Like I don't think they're a championship team once you bring in a, a, a center, but I do think if you bring in like a real starting caliber center who either protects the rim, rebounds, shoots a three. I don't really know, but like at least two out of the three there. Um, you know, you could. You, this team is going back to the playoffs, and you know, I think that's that's good. I'm excited about the draft pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in terms of making that next leap, I think Vin's right. Like, I think, um, you know, the Raptors are probably going to try to make another Kawhi level trade or this draft pick really got to be really good. 
So because I do think that they're missing that number one option. Like I, I think that that is kind of undeniable here. You know, I, I don't think like you can really build a number one yeah. option around a post player in, in the modern NBA, and that's where Pascal sort of been. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yo, I'm a little. I just wanted to touch on Pascal, guys. Um, I'm a little concerned. Uh, actually, I'm very concerned about Pascal. I think there's a pretty big enough sample size right now where, like, we we know he's not a number one guy. Like, that's pretty established. I don't think that's a debate anymore. But I am concerned that he's lost some like a, a pretty big level of confidence going forward. Yeah, something happened after the bubble, like during kind of when the season stopped and then the bubble where like his moves are nowhere near as fluid and crisp as they were pre-bubble even like you go to the championship season and then the few months before the season got cut off his confidence is just not there and I know like he'll be he'll have a streak of games even this season where he's playing well and he's putting up the numbers but if you could if you actually watch the games consistently in the second half of games mm-hmm. he's terrible he's he shoots I, I saw the number I it's probably like last week it's probably updated but he's shooting like 32 percent in the second half of games and he's barely doing anything in the fourth quarter so it's like and I I, I thought maybe he's that conditioning or whatever because of the COVID stuff but he was been doing that all season mm-hmm. where you yeah. have these decent first half so like the stat lines look okay but like when you really watch, when it really counts, and the Raptors need him to get some buckets, he's just not there. So I feel like he's lost some sort of confidence going forward. And then, so I'm concerned that what that's going to look like going forward. Like we know he can be a, you know, a, the third best player in a championship team. I think Kyle was number two. He could, depending on the scorer, uh, he could be like your second highest usage scorer on a championship team, depending who the number one is. But I think going forward, the biggest, like the reason why I'm not high on the team, if they just get a center and bring back the core, and let's say, let's say it's not like one of the top four guys in the draft, it's like just a decent piece that's coming in. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm not big on the core going forward is the is the lack of playmaking. Once Kyle leaves, if Kyle leaves, Fred is. I think Fred is like an elite point guard, starting point guard. If he has like. A playmaking wing on the roster. Like yeah. I could see Fred being incredible somewhere like the Clippers or the Mavericks. Oh but yeah, yeah, absolutely. If he's, if he's the lead yeah. creator, if he's a lead creator. It's 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 a ma- massive problem. I think it hurts his efficiency too. He's shooting like under forty percent now for the season. Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm wrong, I could be way off on that. But um, that's a major problem going forward. So I'm not big on the core. I just like some individual pieces like OG. Trent. I like Fred in the right role. But Pascal is the one I'm really concerned about, and that's why I'm kind of hesitant. Where my point is, we really need, obviously, man, dude, whatever. I feel like lottery nights can be game seven, man. I'm looking at the schedule. <laughs> Yo, legit, though. That, that lottery Yo, ball listen, bouncing man. is going to be like Kawhi shot bouncing on the rim, man. <laughs> it's going to be anticlimactic, fam. Yo, you know what I mean? But, I, know. Uh, I know. That's I know. my concern going for Pascal. What do you guys think about Pascal? Like, I just, I know you guys have been talking about it probably. I just got in. I haven't listened. I'm going to listen back. But, yeah. uh, just about the confidence aspect since whatever happened when the season shut off last year. I mean, I think you're right. right. You're like, you're right on the money. Like the, the confidence is, is low. Vin, we're going to let you go, man. We're going to get another call in, but we appreciate it. I think you're absolutely yeah, right. Though. Man, I think his I confidence is just low. That's it. Like it's just been yeah. low since the summer. Like it, there's no other way around it. So hopefully, I don't know, some fans kind of reinvigorate him, but it's really just up to him. Like his skill set's got to improve. That's just yeah. what it is. So, all right, Vin, thanks for the call. We're going to go to our next caller. Um, DJNA from Toronto, who also wants to talk about Pascal and clutch situations. Uh, it's a theme. DJNA, welcome to the show. DJNA, you there? You heard you heard them say hello, right, Will? Oh, they were, they were super excited, too. I came in with, like, tons yeah. of energy. I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. That's like Pascal in the first half, and then dies out in the second half. Hard to be clutch. <laughs> that was tough. Yeah, that is. That is a bit like, man, that, that Pascal stat is concerning, though. I'm going to look that up to, just to, because uh, Vin came in with some good numbers. Um, I thought for sure he was going to flame my head again, which uh, I think tying my hair back has made my head look even bigger, to be honest. Uh, yeah, because now it's definitely 100% your head. It's not yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. I know. 
That's why I kept my hair. That's why uh, you cut your hair long, man. Listen, if you got a big, this is the pro tip to anyone who has a big head. Like, if you got a big head, just uh, leave your hair long, and um, that way, you know, it'll make your head look more balanced. Um, that's why I do it. So Pascal Siakam in the second half. Okay, let's let's see the numbers here. Oh, come on. He's shooting 45%, 45.6% in the second halves. His three-point percentage is down to 21%, which is low. But What's his, what's that's his, been, that's his normal the stats. Break. What's it been since the All-Star break? Since the All-Star break. So since he had COVID? All-Star break slash COVID, yeah. <laughs> the post-COVID? Uh, that's, it feels like that's a fair distinction. Um... Well, but I think that's what Vin was referring to is like, what's it been like recently? Well, I mean, if we're talking about what it's been like recently, like, I mean, I, I do think the COVID thing is a huge, you know, huge. No, uh, I'm not saying it. Here. I'm not saying it's all Pascal's fault. I've just been curious what it like. I, you were talking on the uh, reaction show a couple of weeks ago that all of the COVID guys in the second half, just like the Raptors have run out of gas. Like they'll have these yeah. great, first, great first quarters, pretty good second quarters, the third quarter, things get tight and then the race to the finish. Like, the Raptors have felt like they've playing the second night of a back-to-back every night they've played since the All-Star break. I mean, they've also, yeah, also played they've an also absurd played, number you know, of back-to-backs. Of, yeah, they have played a lot of back-to-backs since the All-Star break, but even, like, on the first nights of back-to-backs, they mm-hmm. look like they are winded come the end of the second half. All right, so since the start of March, uh, which yeah. has been 14 games, Pascal's averaging nine points per game in the second half, shooting 42%. Again, like the efficiency number, you would prefer them to be higher. He's still getting to the free throw line three times and a half, which is pretty solid. I guess he did six in a game. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, it is what it is, right. man. You know, well, we're gonna welcome Dijonay back to the show. Dijonay, I hope you still have that same great energy. How are you doing? Dijonay, you there? Oh, this is tough. This is, this is a hard burger. We're, we're, we're going to get them in. Dijonay is in the health and safety protocols. Uh, Checking them back. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> it's contact tracing. <laughs> oh, uh, man. By the way, is Paul Watson okay? Like, he's been out for a while, man. He was really, like, starting to come and do some things. And, like, Nick Nurse was like, absolutely. I, I'm going to go with Paul Watson. All these other guys are are are, are, are nothing to me. <laughs> I need Paul Watson. And then he gets sick, and now, yeah, we haven't heard from him in a while, man. I hope he's doing And now we're seeing Stanley again. Yeah, we might have to get back to Stanley's suggestions, to be honest. We were discussing this, actually. Um, I think so, too. We, we, I don't think Malachi's missions is... No, he's been great. Malachi's be been valid. phenomenal. He's, he's also been... playing, like, it's been, like, you know, 35 minutes a game of late, so... He's... I feel like I think Blake or Eric wrote an article that's like his rookie season's finally taken flight. I'm like, dog, it's the middle of April, but yeah, it's, it seems like. I mean, he was down in the G League. It's fine. That's what the word but, finally means, man. Yeah. It's just good. Like I, I, I'm <laughs> now excited about him now that he's getting like consistent minutes and able. You know, can Malachi Flynn make a late push at all rookie first team? Given that all of the rookies are hurt there, and bad, there is no way, bro. There is no way. Do you I, think uh, Lonzo? Do you think Lonzo is going to get a first All Rookie first nod? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Lamelo. Because yeah, Wiseman's sure. Wiseman's sure. done. Wiseman Lonzo wasn't going to make Wiseman. it regardless, man. Like Wiseman is just yeah. I mean, he's he's he has not been good. Period. Um, Malachi is up to four point five points on thirty five percent shooting for the season. Average. How many All Rookie teams do they publish? Two. Two. Might be a little tough to get that second team this year. I don't know. Second team on rookie is always a little bit tough, though. I don't, it's, it's hard for a rookie class to have ten guys. Second team, no. Second team all rookie is fake. It's all of the rookies in big markets. So Terrence Davis made it last year, man. Come on. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, we're gonna try one more time. Dijonay, are you there? Hello. We did it. Oh, <laughs> yes. We did it, Joe. I'm, I'm doing the Nick Nurse oh, hands. Cool. This is perfect. Hi. This is good. Wow, this is really cool. Love this show. Watch everything you put out. Thank you. Thank you. So this is really cool. Do you subscribe um, to the newsletter? I wanted to... There's a newsletter? I'm subscribed to everything on YouTube. I didn't even know there was a newsletter. Wow. 
William I will Public get on that. Later, sign up, sign up. Everyone listening, sign up. There you go. I will be doing that for sure. Um, I just was watching the chat and I saw there was so much negativity towards Pascal. Mm. And it's like not regular negativity sometimes. And I'm just really glad he's not on social media for this because every day it's trade Pascal or fire Nick Nurse. And I'm like, why on earth would we, why would we do that? There are way worse ways in the NBA to spend $100 million on a contract. I can promise you that. There are guys making way more than Pascal that don't have half his skill set. Mm-hmm. So we, we can chill on the hate for Pascal. But continuing that, I think there's a lot of discussion trying to tilt towards potentially having Gary Trent Jr. be that clutch guy. And maybe he's more built for that. He went to Duke. He went to prolific prep. That's where, like, Jalen Green and a bunch of other top prospects went to school. So it's like maybe he has that potential. I want to see your guys' opinion on that. Well, I mean, he has the game winner on his, his resume already. And honestly, yesterday, if Pascal had kicked it to Gary in the corner, I was convinced that. that man was knocking yeah. that down. Um, I, I mean, I think what we saw from Portland is, is hard to sort of judge because he was obviously, like, playing – Largely in an off-ball role, obviously, Dame and CJ have, like, a combined usage of 216%. Um, but I would say that with Gary, what we've seen in Toronto is that he's had this ability to create some offense for himself. Um, now, I think uh, yesterday was very interesting to me. The Knicks started trapping him and um, double-teaming him at the three-point line, which, um, I mean, listen, if the Raptors are going to be hurt and they have guys out, no OG, no, no Fred, like, there's less shooters on the floor, like, I totally understand yeah. Uh, trapping him, that's a good coaching move. But I saw Malachi, or I, I saw Gary still react to those situations and still get shots off. Now, the thing is, I don't think he's a, he doesn't have that sort of next level athleticism to always get separation, but we've also seen the skill set where he's been able to make contested shots. Like he continuously drives into guys, is contested, and then shoots over them, kind of like in a DeMar fashion. And he's making those shots right now. So I, I wouldn't mind. Um, I, I do think that, like, I agree with what Josh said earlier, which is, like, I don't know if the Raptors have one, you know, like, clear-cut closer. It's not, like, give the ball to Kawhi and, and let him run to the right corner. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I so if, if that's the case, then run your offense, try to run a set, you know, and see who's open in that situation. And whoever's open, take that shot. Because I don't think there's one guy who's, like, specifically you, you go to. And if that's the case, if that's the kind of offense you want to run, then you want to put the ball in the hands of your point guard whether that's Fred or whether that's Kyle, because you need someone to can, who can make a quick decision and make the right pass. And I trust those two guys the most. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind giving Gary a shot, at a, a few more shots at it. Like, I think, you know, he's he's already got the game winner. He's already making tough jumpers. And, you know, out of everyone who has that <laughs> skill set, he seems to be able to get to the mid-range shot probably better than anyone else on the team, maybe outside of Kyle, so. That's very true. I was very shocked. To see, like, I knew Gary Trent could shoot the three, but mm-hmm. he was coming out the bag getting some crazy layups and mid range jumpers. You were like, wait. Yeah. yeah. What? No, this is great, man. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's still the youngest guy on the team, which is pretty wild. Yeah, to think he's only 22. Yeah. Yeah. But that was that was what I wanted to get your opinion on. So thank you. We'll be subscribing to that newsletter and everybody else should too. <laughs> All right, Thanks, DJ Knight. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate Good it. talking to you. Thanks for calling. Awesome. We will go back to back. We have Dave from Toronto. Um, Dave, are you ready to join the call? Yes, yes, I am. I'm here. How are you? Hey. How are you guys doing? How how are you doing, Will? How are you doing, Josh? We're doing all right. Doing right. Yeah. The, the show's not been as outright negative as I thought it would be, so I'm I'm happy for us as a as a fan base right now. I'm, low, I'm feeling a little bit of pride. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a question for Will. Um, so, dude, like I love your coverage. Um, I think you're an awesome journalist, and I, I feel like a, a lot of other fans are kind of jonesing to get your live reactions. So just like how this show is live, I, I feel like your reactions after the game should be live because, like, 
dude, I'm like waiting around half an hour, an hour after the game. It's like, where is this guy? I need to go to sleep, you know? So, uh, yeah, if, if you got a reaction to that, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a good consideration. It's something I've considered too. Um, so, okay, let me just take people into the workflow of like what happens. So the game ends, then I am writing ten things, which is like usually a thousand words, maybe a thousand two hundred words. So that takes at least thirty five minutes, probably forty minutes to write. During when I'm writing that thing, I'm also on the Raptors like post game Zoom calls, which um, of late I've been a- asking a lot of questions in those. Um, calls with Nick Nurse and the players and stuff like that. So that takes quite a bit of time too, because the players need to end the game, shower, appear. They're just like dragging their feet sometimes. It, it takes a while, honestly. And then after that, I record. Now the thing is, I could go live with the recording at that specific time instead of um, just recording it sort of static on my computer and then uploading to YouTube, because that would, you know, cut off some time. But yeah, it's a good consideration. It really is. Um, because I, I know people are are definitely waiting on the pod, but that's the, that's the workflow. So really, after every game, I have like it's it's like a super intensive about an hour and a half. Plus, I'm writing the newsletter now, so it, it's like it, it's really hard to keep the pieces and, and do it more efficiently in this current manner. But I mean, it's a good consideration for sure, and I, I would be very interested to to do it because I know a lot of other places are doing it now. Like shout out my guy Sahal. He's doing it at Raps Republic. That's a good live show to watch after the game. Um, I think some other YouTubers do it as well. But that's this is the best solution I have at the moment. Yeah, but I'm always I'm, I'm always flexible to like change my to change my content stuff. I'm actually realizing now that yeah, actually you do have to sit through those pressers. You do have to ask those questions. Um, and I enjoy when the when the players like they hear Will come on and then their just whole tone, their whole vibe changes. It's like we can get right. real for a moment. I don't know about so, that. I, people have been gassing <laughs> yeah, up. Man. People have been gassing up about this. I don't know. I'm just asking them a, a, a basketball question most of the time. Which dude, can... Nick Nick gives you the love, dude. Nick gives you the love. Yeah, that's true. And 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 Lowry, dude. Lowry respects you a lot too, man. Um, and yeah, and and you know what? You know what? Just just keep doing what you do. <laughs> I appreciate. Um, you guys are awesome, <laughs> Thanks, dude. Dave. Uh, and I appreciate, appreciate, I appreciate, that. appreciate the uh, the diehard uh, fandom. Anyways, take care, guys. Always. All right, thank Peace. you, Dave. What a nice call. I, I, well, I do think one day we should try to do live calls after a playoff game when the Raptors oh knock on wood goodness. and make it make it back. Listen, after, after the ten nine play in game. Yeah, for the that'd mm. be hilarious. You don't think that'd be good? I I remember Yahoo did the like reaction shows out of the studio in 2018, 19 for oh, yeah. the first couple rounds before you guys were traveling nonstop. Bro. Those were kind of cool. By the way, a funny story about that. So yeah, as you mentioned, like it was in the Yahoo studio, which is uh, King and Spadina. And so game one Raptors magic, you guys always remember what happened in game one, DJ Augustine <laughs> with the shot boy. Um, so, I had to go from the arena <laughs> immediately I know story. to the Yahoo Studios. So me and Alex are like walking and listen, man, it's I don't know, fifteen minutes with a light like a light yeah. power walk from the arena. Yeah. Plus there's like tons of fans, so it takes a really long time to get out of the arena and stuff, just because it's so congested. And the whole way through, I think I'm no, it was actually no, it was not me and Alex, it was me and uh Big V, Vivek. And I think the whole walk back, I was just repeating zero points since man scored zero points i dm'd you saying how you feeling and you te- you messed me back zero points <laughs> uh see, here's the thing. this is the thing like everyone gets it right and listen when you miss a game winning shot people are going to get on you like literally everybody like everybody will get on you. i'm sure like clipper fans have been getting on Kawhi for being unclutched this year and like to the extent there are like six clipper fans you know, I'm sure like uh, Vince Staples is that, in the chat. That one group chat has been furious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's actually just a group chat. It's it's actually just a thread of six guys. Steve Ballmer, Vince Staples, Clipper Daryl, Jared West, Clipper Daryl, and uh, whoa, what's that other guy? The actor that's always at those games. The actor from the '80s. He was in uh, when Harry Met Sally. Oh, oh that guy's a Billy, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, yeah. He was he's he's a Clipper yeah, fan too. Yeah, so. their group chat. That's the group chat. That's the whole Clipper Nation. <laughs> so, um, well, listen, we've had um, we we honestly had pretty uh, a pretty good run of calls. So for the last uh, few minutes here, I think um, let's 
first off, let's go to our signature segment. We always like push it to the very, very end. Now we actually have space and latitude to do it. So as we mentioned earlier, no more Malachi's missions. All right, Malachi's mission right now is to go out and show us uh, your first round pick. And he's doing that right now. He's done a pretty good job. Um, you know, let's actually get your thoughts on Malachi so far. Because obviously the last few games we've been, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say we were ripping on the guy, but we were just properly assessing the fact that he wasn't making an impact. Malachi, for the last um, six games, is averaging 32 minutes per game. He's shooting. Uh, he's averaging 13 points, six assists, two steals, and a block. Wow. Uh, on 43% shooting from the field and 42% from the three. He's not getting to the free throw line that much, um, but... He's also giving you five rebounds, so it's 13, 5, and 6 with two steals on pretty decent efficiency in the last six games where he's averaged 32 minutes. Uh, Josh, Malachi, what are your thoughts? I really like the the defense. Like It seemed as though when his, in his first couple of strikes with the team, there was a real lack of intensity. Nick Nurse pretty much said he's not up to snuff. Um, and he's turned around, and I'm really proud of him. Like I'm, I'm glad that he has at least in these early runs demonstrated that he can take direction. He can go back and work on things. And I've really appreciated seeing him turn it around on the defensive end. I think his hands are already clearly like NBA ready. Um, the steals are great. If he's able to keep that up long-term, I think I, I can't like imagine the two guard lineups of Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn out there. Like mm. I went into the lot. That'll be just great seeing like two elite guard defenders, um, at a time, I, yep. it'll give the team some of the same impact that you saw, like Danny Green provide, with just being a good on-ball defender for both guard positions. Like that was one of the great things about the Warrior series that they could keep up with great two-guard back lineups or backcourts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really been exciting. The offense has been like it's all, but it's been fine. It's been good. Um, but yeah, to me, I'm the thing that I'm most impressed by is like the is the, the him stepping up to the challenge of being a great of playing like Raptors defense. I agree because that's what kept him out of the lineup the last time around. What have you like? What's been your big takeaway? Uh, um, in the like recent two week run from Malachi. Well, I mean, I've I've actually done like two really deep dive videos um, on mm-hmm. Malachi because I've been just trying to look at his shot attempts. So I, I did a deep dive video um, on his game against the Wizards where he had 16 and 6, I believe. And then I did another deep dive on the Cavs game where he had 20 and 11. I specifically looked at his pick and roll play. Um, so a couple things stood out. Number one, this guy goes, the Raptors are getting him to his left all the time. He loves driving to his left. Good things happen when screen comes and he's going towards his left, going downhill. I think the last few games he's done a lot better job of getting downhill on the pick and roll and trying to create. And I think we're starting to see some of that vision come out. Like, in that Cavs game, uh, back-to-back plays where he came off the pick-and-roll, uh, waited in the middle of the floor, drew the help to him, and then kicked it to OG in the corner. Those two are really nice plays. Um, and I think that he's shown a bit of tough shot-making as well because I think that, realistically, mm-hmm. he's going to need to have that. Never going to be a super efficient guy with that, right? Because at his size, it's just impossible to really be that efficient. But... Similar to the way you see Kyle, similar to the way you see Fred, like those guys are able to make a really, really tough shot under duress, even at, as a small guard. And we saw Malachi yeah. make some of those shots, even last night. So I, I really want to see him progress on that front. I don't think he knows how to play off ball right now. So every time he's on the floor with Kyle or with Fred, he's just deferring. And so he's not doing much when he, without the ball. Um, but I think he needs to improve on that front. I think he can move better. I think he can honestly... Uh, shoot even better than he is. I, I don't think anything's wrong with his mechanics, but I think he needs to get to the point where he's, he's an elite off-ball shooter the way Kyle and Fred are. Those guys, you know, they need to be able to play off of each other to, to succeed long-term. But I, I like what I'm seeing, and I, and I agree with you, man. The defense is consistently impressive. Like, yesterday against, again, I mean, whatever, it's just Emmanuel quickly another rookie, but the quickly shot one of eight. And there were a lot yeah. of possessions where, yeah. where you know, uh, Flynn beat him up or you know, even Derrick Rose was switching on to Flynn, and then D. Rose is getting cut off. I like Flynn's quickness, especially his lateral quickness. I don't feel like anyone really gets by him trying to drive on him. He really contains them well, and it's really just um, he could probably get a little stronger as well. But in terms of the rookie, in terms of that, like, I think he's got pretty good tools, and I think he just needs more reps, whether that's summer league. I don't know if next year he'll play in the G League. I mean, 
I, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, just more. Reps. Uh, Kyle's not going to be on this team. He's going to yeah. be. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, um, uh, so no more Malachi mission is what we're trying to say. Uh, no more Malachi mission. So what what do you want to run with here? So we, I'm going to give you a couple of options, and uh, you let me know. Okay, so we can always go back to Stanley's suggestions. Yep. Okay. We have Rodney's re- recommendations because Rodney's playing. Yeah. Well, we have Utah's Yelps as well, <laughs> and I've always wanted to get to Utah's Yelp. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I also this week I prepared a Watson's watch list. Ooh. Um, okay, let's go with that then. Uh, let's go with that because listen, he's really in COVID protocol right now, so he's probably watching nothing yeah. but Netflix. So let's go with that Watson's watch list for uh, this week in particular. Josh, what do you what do you got prepared? So. Um, this weekend, I watched Belly in honor of the late, great DMX. Um, Belly, the movie that he started in, like, 2000. Um, it has so many familiar faces to um, hip-hop fans and rap fans specifically. Um, uh, Method Man's in it, DMX, obviously. But also, um, Louis Rankin plays Ox. Louis Rankin, Raptors fans will know from the Raptor Foot song from the 2019 finals. Um so I watched Belly this weekend. It's a great sort of like, you know, crime guide, like action flick in the style and in the style of like Scarface. It's if you like watching crime movies where guys are drug kingpins and they're killing each other, um, it's, it's a good time. And you get to see DMX, who was like an amazingly good actor. Method Man as well. Like they're just really good at acting um, because these guys are just very talented people. And, you know. Rest in peace, DMX. It was uh, tough to see that news. I guess his heart attack happened a week previous, but his passing was last Friday. So um, I will check out Belly and encourage all of you to as well. It's like a fun movie, and uh, you'll see many familiar faces, including uh, Louis Rankin, Top Rankin. There How about you? you what's, uh, what's on your watch list for Paul Watson this week? <sighs> all right, so I'm going to go with the super nerdy one again. Um, listen, Paul, if you are like stuck somewhere and need to burn time, which... I feel a lot of people need to do that during the pandemic if you're in a fortunate spot. Um, but yeah, if you need to burn some time, go 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 pick up Civilization Six for whatever platform <laughs> you want to play on. Um, you know, I play it on Switch, um, but you can play on PC or whatever. Apparently, it's better on PC. But in any case, go pick up Civilization Six. This game will honestly have you. I mean, if you like sort of turn-based strategy, which is not necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but yeah, you can easily sink like 12 straight hours into this game. You can also go on YouTube and watch some videos. There's this like potato McWhiskey guy who has a really good playthrough where if you're one of those people who plays video games but also likes to watch other people play video games, which I know sounds weird, but turns out it's actually pretty entertaining. Um, you can see lots of Civ content online. But yeah, I mean, listen, if you really want to burn eight hours, go get that game. It's only like 20 bucks on the Switch right now, although you got to buy the expansion pack afterwards for like $60, but... That's that's how the modern video game economy works. But uh, that's my recommendation. So I want to thank everyone for calling in. I really appreciate everyone who called in. We couldn't get to everybody, including Steve at the end there. That's That was unfortunate. Steve, we're sorry we couldn't get you in. Um, but we appreciate everyone for calling in. Josh, you know, any last thoughts before we uh, hang up? I mean, if you can do something besides watch this magic game. I just, so, like, the Raptors play the magic so often. Wait, we're playing, playing them, them again? On Friday night. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I know. Yo, I'm not even kidding, Josh. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but name me four Magic players right now who are who are on the roster and play. They traded everybody. I cannot do it. Uh, I uh, they have um, who's the guy they got from uh, Denver? R.J. Hampton. R.J. Yes. Harris. What's his? No, no. R.J. Hampton? Hampton and 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 uh, Gary Harris. So that's two right there. See, there you go. Okay. They got Chuma the, Chuma Okiki. Have, okay. Yeah, you know about Truman. Terrence Ross. Terrence of course, Ross of course. Obviously. No, T. Ross is joking about he's the number one option, man. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> and it's true though. <laughs> uh, Who, yeah. Who's their coach? That's the question. I have no Steve idea. Steve Clifford, man. Come on. Oh, from the from the Hornets. Yeah, he's uh. Oh, that sucks. Well, right. it is what it is. So anyway, it is what it is. thanks everyone for calling in. We really appreciate it. Again, uh, we'll we'll. we'll Look forward to the next call-in show. If you, by the way, if you want to leave a message for the show, you can always call into the number and leave a voicemail, and uh, we can get to it on the show. 
um, that's one way you can sort of uh, make sure you get in. But thanks everyone for listening, Josh. Appreciate you as well, and uh, we'll catch you next time. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.